And in the 80s, to my recollection, I don't think we had internet. Um, we were still playing outside in the yard. But we, I watched movies a lot growing up in the 80s. And I hope I got my time frame right because there was also the 90s. But you remember the movie The Karate Kid? Daniel son would go hang out with Mr. Miyagi, and he wanted to learn how to do karate. So he gave him some tools, and he started sanding the floors, and he started waxing the cars and painting the fence. And Daniel son gets angry because he's like, I'm supposed to be learning karate, and, and you're telling me to come over here and rebuild your house for you. Well, they've done a reboot of it, and it's called Cobra Kai. And Daniel son is now the teacher, and he finds a kid, and he wants to learn karate, so he teaches him how to wax cars, sand floors, and paint walls. And one day, the kid gets mad. He's at work with him at the car lot, and he goes, you know what? You're not teaching me karate. You just want me to do all your work for you. And the kid gets mad and runs off. And Daniel looks to his wife, and he starts smiling. And she says, you're enjoying this way too much. And he says, but this is the best part. This part is the revelation of coming to understand what it is that he actually was taught. He was taught basic karate moves. And, and I say that because I've never changed the sign. Have you noticed that the sign hasn't changed in a month or so? Does anybody know what it says? Peace be still. And I looked at there for a reason because we live in a society that, that right now people are so tormented about the way things are happening because life is changing for everyone, not just here in the church, but out in the community. COVID is still active. The pandemic hasn't gone. Businesses have not come back to full force yet. And we are so anxious for life to get back to the way it was that we forget what it was that Jesus told us to do peace be still god has this things may never ever go back to the way they were i almost guarantee you that things will never go back to the way that they were and that brings us to our passage of scripture today as we celebrate Christ coming into this world and the gifts that he brought us, today's passage of Scripture will be coming from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. And the Word of God says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the band of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Father God, we come before you today. We thank you for this time that you've given us together here. And Father, I just ask that you be with me, give me guidance and hope and inspiration in the message today. Take from me the desire to speak my own will. Fill me with your spirit. 
that I will know the words that you have for us today here, words that bring hope and peace as we enter this Christmas season. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, you may think it's strange that at the beginning I reference a movie and a TV show, um, with the TV show being based off the movie, with the point being the best is yet to come. You see, we as a people don't always understand what it is that God's doing. We have in our hearts and minds a way that life is supposed to be. And for many of us, it's the way that life has been for so many years. But life happens. Things come into play that we don't want to, and it changes the way that we live. And our natural desire is to do this, is to restore that life back to the way that it was. But that is not a reality, not in the world in which we live, because all of our circumstances in life have been changed. We have to readapt. And that is the good news, that that we are given the opportunity to readapt, that we are given the opportunity to learn a new life instead of life just ending for so many people. We get to move forward. But it starts with a new beginning. And sometimes in life, much like it happened in the movie with Daniel's son, that the lessons that he was learning all along was everything that he needed to know to fight the battles and live in the new life. We may not be able to understand it now, but the things that we have encountered, the things that we have gone through over the past few years, have prepared us for where we are going in the future. But you know, sometimes we depend on God to do everything for us. We expect that God is just going to make that life the way that it's supposed to be, and we're just going to exist in it. But that's not how God works. God works in a relationship. In other words, it takes two parts. God speaks, we listen. We speak, God listens. God gives instructions, we do. And sometimes, unfortunately, the instruction that God gives us is to sit and wait. Waiting is not a waste of time by any means. It is a wonderful present that God has given us. He has given us peace in our lives to endure what we go through while we're waiting for him to fulfill the desire of our heart. It is a gift that God gives us. When other people cannot wait, they become impatient. They lose hope, they lose their motivation, and they wind up sitting down and letting life pass them by. But God, through the Holy Spirit, inspires us to continue moving forward through those valleys of darkness. Because like we've said so many times before, valleys are only so long and storms only last a short period of time. There is a place that you are going to and there is a point of destination that you will arrive, that you will enjoy. And in those times of waiting, peace be still is the greatest gift that God can give us because it allows us to continue to live life to the fullest during those difficult times. There is a revelation coming. There is a plan in place. There is a hope for the future. And it's not that far away. But there are things that we need to learn 
or maybe relearn about ourselves and our relationship with God before we reach that point. We're told, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, that we are someone special. We are not just a person created to exist. We are the elect of God, meaning we are chosen. You do not just happen to be here in this church, and you just didn't happen to be here in this community with this family and community of people. God elected you. He looked down upon humanity, and he said, Betty, Burke, you are here for a purpose. He said, Jerry, you're not here just to sit on a pew, but, but I have a mission for you. And David, I have something for you to build. And Marshall, we need you to put smiles on people's faces. God chose you for those specific purposes in life. I don't know what your specific reasons are, but I will tell you, I'm always told never do this from the pulpit because this hour belongs to God. But sometimes God likes to share his glory. Everyone contributes here at this church. Do not misunderstand me. Everyone. But there is one person here that I count on and I depend upon. And that person has never let me down and has kept me in line. But she took her call from God very seriously. Susan keeps this church running. You may not know it. She knows every event, every activity of every day and everything that happens in everyone's life all the way up from the time she knew you to this current day. And that is a blessing from God. That is how a person should live when they receive that call from God. And that is not to put one person above another. What I'm pointing out here to you is this. There is a reason and a purpose. God called you. He set you apart from the rest of everyone in society to be here in this community to do what he calls you to do. But there's a way that we have to do these things. And God tells us how to do these things with tender mercies with kindness and humility, meekness and long-suffering. And I think humility is the one that I really want to touch on here because humility is so important to our relationship with God and humility leads to the flowering of everything that God has us has prepared for us. Without humility, we cannot accomplish things. Here's what I mean. Scripture is clear. Chapter or the book of Proverbs, pride goes before destruction. It does each and every time. And when we become prideful about who we are as a people and the things that we can perform, that pride gets in our way. It stops us from fulfilling God's mission because God has called us to be a humble people. I know that we are accustomed to hearing a phrase called humble pride, and I'm here to tell you that those two words do not exist together. They can't coexist because they're the opposite end of the spectrum no matter how you want to put it. Pride is all about self. It's about me, what I've done, what I've accomplished. Humility is about what I need help with. 
I can't do it on my own. And that's where God wants us. At the point of saying that I can't do it on my own. That is his gift to us, believe it or not. And it's not that he wants us to feel bad about ourselves or incomplete. It's because he wants us to be complete. Because when we get to the point of understanding that I cannot accomplish my mission on my own, I need help. I then am willing to reach out to the one who can help me. And that one who can help me is the one who knows the path before me. The one that can help me is the one who knows the plan and holds tomorrow in his hand. And until I solely call upon him, surrender my will, surrender my heart, and surrender my desire to him, I will continue to hit that same brick wall that I continually hit with no satisfaction but only with disappointment. But Jesus said, I want you to have life, and I want you to have abundantly, but there are rules that we have to follow. We have to be a humble people. Can I share with you how God has humbled me over the years? Coming out of policing into the ministry has been a very difficult task because of the person's mentality, because we come out of policing with such authority and power and strong personalities that, that when I came into ministry, I found that that personality clashed with everyone everywhere I went. I did not realize how prideful I had become. And here's how God handled that pride. He put me in situations that, that I was confident that I could handle, that I knew I had done right, and let me trip and embarrass myself in front of those that I was trying to impress. You see, I've done things time and time again, over and over again, to the point that I could do them with my eyes closed. I know how life works. I know how God works in people's lives. I know that, that good times lead to bad times, bad times lead to good times, and I will walk confidently in my world with that. But what I have found is this, is that I cannot walk alone. I need Christ. Each and every day, to hold my hand. And I think that when we get to the point of saying, Father, I can't do it on my own, that is when God steps in and says, Good, let me help you. Let me clear the path for you. Let me walk with you and show you the way. But it takes humility. We have to, as a people, take our pride out of the equation. It is not our plan. It is God's plan. And his plans are simple. They are based on free will. How we respond will determine how God responds. And that is just the truth of the matter. God wants humility from his people. And here's another reason why he wants humility. He tells us why he wants humility from us in the, the following 